This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 150. Spotlight on Robocop. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 150, and uh, this is our Spotlight on Robocop episode. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. I'm joined by my movie co-host, Tibor Mates. And uh, today we're talking about Robocop, Better Late Than Never. Uh, I guess this movie came out about a month ago or so. Yeah. Um, and today you're just kind of like, hey, want to go see a movie? I'm like, yeah, let's go see Robocop. Sounds like a good plan. Um, and I, going into the movie, what were your expectations, if there were any? Well, to be honest, when I heard they were making a RoboCop remake, I was like, ah, there's no way they can do, you know, RoboCop again. It's just it it was a product of its time. Very much a product of its time, for and, sure. And uh, I was like, this just looks like shit. Like, or it's, I, said, I said it's probably going to be shit. Then when I saw the trailer, it kind of gave me some hope for it. And I was actually, like, optimistic about it. So, it's mm. a, so it was kind of like, you know... Uh, like it, it did, like I thought for sure it's just gonna be an action shoot 'em up, mm-hmm. and like the trailer sort of g- gave a glimpse into like oh okay they're actually gonna discuss some topics like and it's not just gonna be you know m- mind, mindless people. Transformers action you know like yeah so that that was kind of nice and it w- wasn't like it wasn't just mindless action it was no, kind of cool it to was see. something else although at times it felt like it was a few different movies fighting for predominance like which movie did it want to be. Like, yeah, did it want to be a movie about about the American propaganda machine? Did it want to be about, you know, the, the, the deeper questions about man and machine? Like, it was a bunch of different movies kind of rolled into one. Well, I mean, the original did the, like, propagandist type stuff, too, right? And, like, it was more about big business, though. And then, like, For sure. And, so, and this touches on that as well. But didn't it at times feel like Samuel Jackson was in a completely different movie? Well, yeah, but, I mean, I think that was sort of the point, though, right? Because he was... Yes. Was a, like, he... He was like the CNN guy, right? Yeah. So this is so this is the new RoboCop reboot. Uh, it's starring Joel Kinnaman in the title role. Who off podcast we were talking about who is this guy? Like yeah, it's interesting that the title role of RoboCop. This is a you know it's a not unknown character. Everyone knows who RoboCop is, and the fact that they're relaunching it is kind of a big deal that they're trying to do it again. And yet in the title role, you get a relative unknown, at least to you know North American audiences. I would say, which. It, I mean, probably works out better, to be honest. I mean, if you have someone in the name role, it takes away from it being about RoboCop and about what it could be and more about that actor playing that character. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's it's an interesting choice. It is kind of funny. Like, there are quite a bit bigger names like that are alongside him. But, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I thought the guy did a good job with it. I like the guy that played RoboCop. Like, he was all right. I mean... I mean, he doesn't really, like... He... He doesn't. I mean, he he does an able job. I don't. I don't necessarily know that the that the role that he was cast in necessarily um, requires a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I guess he, like the mechanical movements and like that type of thing. Like, you have to sort of like. I mean, I don't know. I guess is it that hard to pull off? I don't know. But I guess only Joel Kinnaman knows. And Peter Weller. And Peter Weller, of course. It's interesting too. Like a lot of his facial expressions throughout the movie were very just. Like shocked looks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they, they decided, I guess, to show a bit more of the face in this, right? Like with the original Robocop, they did like a slow reveal, mm. um, and then you only ever got just the just his face. Yeah, the majority of the time he had the helmet on. Whereas in this one, they decided to go with the helmet that sort of goes up and down, like the yeah, uh, with the, the visor. visor. It wasn't really a helmet as much. But at least they had that again. They 
I did feel like this time they were a lot more about function. Why would this be set up a certain way? So even the visor, there's this very specific reason why the visor retracts and, and goes on and, and like in defensive situations when he might be in danger, it's going to cover his face. Yeah, it jumps. It automatically like th- puts it to, puts itself down. Right? So it's kind of cool that they. I mean, that that's kind of a, a an easy cosmetic thing that we're seeing in a lot of Hollywood movies is that they always want to show the lead character's face. Regardless if he's, if he's covered and supposed to, like Spider-Man, always has his mask off because you have to be able to show the actor's face. So here, there's actually a, a good reason why you're able to see his face and also not see his face. Yeah, well, I think also it's good, uh, like, from a policing standpoint, it's good, like, if he is going to be a re- like a cop that's walking walking around, it's, mm. good. it's probably better that you have a face to interact with than just a, a machine, right? Like, For that sure. was the whole point. Like, that's sort of the beginning of the movie that sets up the... Why are people not, you know, why, why are people robophobic? It's a really interesting concept. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense, though, right? Like, you, people like to have, you know, interaction with a human being, not mm-hmm. not necessarily just a machine. So. Plus, it does speak to, I mean, in, in the version of America that exists in this movie, that there's a detachment that's okay f- for over there, but not for here. You know? Yeah, but that's, yeah, I could totally see that, too. Like, it's kind of cool how they set it up. They started it. Like the movie starts out with Samuel Jackson talking about, you know, America being robophobic and how mm-hmm. great these machines are yeah. out in the field in other places like Afghanistan and, and other areas. What's interesting watching him play that that character is that it very much feel it, it doesn't feel like a stretch at all. That's exactly what some right wing kind of yeah people no, on, in the states and political commentators etc actually do come across as all the time. Oh, so absolutely. it's a very apt political commentary in that way that. This is the kind of stuff we're being fed. Yeah. Or at least that is being attempted to be fed. And well, so, he, he was spinning his side of the story, right? Absolutely. It was interesting we only ever saw that side. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you see the other side through the other characters, but not, like, there's no direct, like, media persons giving the other side of the story. No, but, and, like, the whole idea, like, the, the, the no, what was it, the Novak report or the yeah. Novak element. Yeah. I mean, it basically could be... Any, it's like insert, Wolf Blitzer or any of yeah, those or guys. Piers Morgan or like yeah. insert CNN show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where the movie starts. Is the idea that you know the American public seems to be robophobic. They have allowed the military to be basically be subcontracted to having all this um, you know mechanical robots. Yeah, there's basically no, like they were basically Tehran. saying that soldier, soldier deaths or there, there's no more war like uh, soldiers dying and because now the. Uh, the machines have taken over basically, and they only have mm-hmm. like you know a few human beings can like watching over them. Yeah, it was interesting too that when when the movie starts, I mean, it's it's much more concerned with internal like in in, in the states basically and trying to create an interest. Well, to, it's setting up the world of where like because this is slightly in the future, right? Yeah, so. it's just interesting because the first segment is very much built on you know what's been going on. In, in the in not in the US but in Tehran and then we don't really go back to that we see like there's a lot of setup to that scene where we have the robots and they're policing and you have uh, basically some militants who want to basically make sure that they're caught on camera to kind of speak out against robots yeah, being there because there's a camera crew from Samuel from, Jackson's yeah, show from the Novak Element show and then we kind of pull back from that and we never go back to it it was just kind of interesting that the the whole point of that scene was to kind of show that there's there's dissidents that there's that they would give their lives to be able to show the oppression of the American people, and then we know it's not actually part. Yeah, of Yeah, no, it's true. It's a, they don't really go back to it. I think it's just to set up the uh, 
the robot element though more yeah. so like in well that, I guess in too in because because a robot shoots a kid that's right yeah because a robot because he basically sees a weapon and isn't distinguishing the fact that it's a child yeah it just it just sees a threat and, and eliminates it. and I mean watching that I mean it is it is it, I definitely felt like you know I knew that was going to happen but I really felt like a pit in my stomach because especially now that I'm a dad seeing a young kid who's really just trying to protect like his family and yeah because his brother was one of the martyrs that was, was his brother or was his father it was, I think it was his brother maybe his brother um, and yeah he was, he was one of the uh, bombers he was going to like blow himself up and suicide bomb just so that they can be caught on camera to kind of speak yeah, out to so show that know. yeah like they don't, they're not happy with what's going on because they were also painting the picture that you yeah. know all these guys are willing to comply and yeah and everyone's so. happy to comply with the robots basically yeah. and, and but meanwhile it's, easier it's, it's for very us, much so. oppression like the robots just go around and tell them what to do right mm-hmm. so absolutely it also sets up the idea that um, the way the robot systems work in terms of detecting danger and then if you have a certain like the right yeah the, the the camera crew and the guys that were operating them have like a, a tag that shows that they're uh, obviously and like I completely forgot friendly. about that for a long time yeah until like the end of the movie where that actually comes into play yeah well obviously they set that up for that like for later on mm-hmm. uh, and then once we kind of establish so it's interesting as I said like it almost feels like different movies because the first I, th- I feel like it's almost ten minutes is with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, do, you, doing you a sets show, that whole thing up, and you have all this element in Tehran, and then we just kind of pull back from that completely, and I think that's when we see Alex Murphy and his partner, yeah, and his partner, basically working on a bus, or it's after it's already happened. We see flashbacks to it, right? Yeah, Murphy's going, going into back. the police station, and then it's a, he's talking to the chief at the police station, and then it goes back into flashbacks of like this case that they're working on. And it looks like they're trying to get uh, drug runners, right? Yeah, they're trying to get or, a, crime, drug, uh, a crime boss who and he has dirty cops working for him, and they're trying to yeah. Basically... And then he's running guns and, and other and drugs as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, some Murphy's talking to the chief and you know telling her all how about how uh, how the whole thing went down. Like they ended up you know finding a uh, a lead and they followed the lead mm-hmm. and they were sort of unauthorized, but they felt that they yeah. had to be because there's dirty cops. So it's at, uh, so they didn't want that to leak, so they went in on alone, the two mm-hmm. of them. And then his partner now, instead of uh, being Lois uh, or Lewis from uh, the female version of the, her, her oh, the, the original, original Robocop, the original they made her... Said, uh, Male in black? Yeah. What's his name from uh, The Wire? He was really so, good. Omar. He played uh, Omar in the Michael wire. K- Michael K. Williams yeah. is the name. He's an awesome like actor, but it's just kind of interesting that he, they turned it that character in the end. He works either way. No, it was a cool... Uh, He's got cool a hard thing. edge to him, but like not too hard to believe him as a cop either. Um, I liked him as his, as his partner. It was definitely gave it a nice uh, human element. I wonder why they had to change the sex, though. I mean, it really wasn't important. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting choice. I mean, I feel like that part really could have been male or, male or female and it wouldn't have made a huge difference. Yeah, I guess not. It was it. I mean... It was a it was a bold move, I guess, back when the original RoboCop came out. It was more of a breakthrough. I guess so. That's it. But yeah, and then he ends up getting shot, his partner. Yeah. And uh, then they uh, he goes to the hospital to visit him. And meanwhile, these criminals uh, find out that he's going to the hospital, so they strap the bomb to his car. I thought that was so weird, though, because. I almost forgot about it because they strapped the bomb to his car. He goes to the hospital and then he goes home. Yeah, and I'm like, 
What a shitty bomb. Well, it was kind of weird because he goes home and then he's uh, he's at home with his wife. Yeah, he's about to sleep with his wife and then the car starts going off. And I'm like, yeah, the car alarm starts going off. What kind of weird bomb is this? That Oh, no, we're going to wait till midnight. Or like, we're going to wait till nighttime. It's nighttime. Now we can blow him up. Like, it can't be in a hospital. Like, it just seemed a little strange. Well, it would be too close to the hospital. Maybe they could save him fast enough. I don't know. I get, well... If you get screwed over that badly by a bomb, it's oh like, yeah, you got you got pretty messed up, right? So you had like eighty percent burns, eighty like, percent with fourth degree burns. Yeah, like yeah. Um, so he, he, so obviously the bomb goes off, and you know, talk about like you know if you think about like the, the the last thing you do before you get blown to smithereens and lose your physical body, and the last thing you do is you almost get to sleep with your wife, and you get interrupted, and then your bomb, your body's gone. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> shitty. That's really shitty. The last thing you remember is like, oh man, that's totally going to happen. Yeah, well, that's it. Then, uh, where, where does it go from there? We wake up in it. Like, well, technically, we, we did actually fast forward a little because previous to this, we have already been intercut with his investigation and seeing him. Yeah. We've also seen uh, the head of Omnicorp oh, right, yeah. meeting with his head, like, kind of head doctor and working on, and, and his PR team, basically, too, to basically. Yeah. Because they want to sell robots. They want to sell robots to the U.S. to police, you know, um, you know, to supplement the police force and eventually replace them, and it would do a lot for their sales. But they can't get the American public to believe in it. Uh, there's this Dreyfus Act that's yeah. been kind of uh, making sure that people won't do it, and it has public support as well behind it. Yeah, they, people, something like seventy three percent or something. So. Yeah, seventy three percent or something don't support having robots policing the streets of uh, the U.S., it's okay with foreign. And we see that they're all over the place because not only are they in the Middle East, we see them in South America. Yeah, they're in a bunch of places. So they have these, you know, these products being sold everywhere except for in in potentially their biggest market. Yeah. Uh, It's interesting, too, that Omnicorp is headquartered in Detroit. Obviously, this is keeping it going from the previous film. Yeah, that's right. Because it was always in Detroit. Yeah, Detroit was always a central city for, for that sort of well, because in the original, they were going to wipe out uh, Detroit and rebuild, right? With yeah. the Delta City. So that's why they wanted to... Delta build. City, that's right. Yeah. So it's a, but in this case, yeah, they're, they're not trying to build a utopia. They're just trying to sell product, which is the robots. Which, again, I mean, the, the whole cor- corporate angle, again, felt like its own specific message in terms of what, what that part of the movie was trying to tell. The yeah, idea of, in one way, it's similar to the old one in that sense because like the old one is very much about corporate greed, as and well. So is this. And yeah, and this has that angle as well, which was I thought was cool. And it was interesting too about, about how to brand something, how to how to manipulate the mass market to right, yeah. believe in your product. Um, and that's when they decided that the cyborg is the best way to go. Right? Put the man in the machine. Yeah. Basically. So they started looking at actually at, at other officers yeah. that have had injuries and stuff to see if they can. And, and I guess go bef- with that. Before we get introduced to the doctor, we see the doctor is kind of working with robotic limbs, and he's obviously foremost in his field. And he's not only is he helping people with robotic limbs, but like to actually put the limbs in them, but also helping them with the psychological impacts of this. So, we, yeah, uh, one of the first scenes where we get introduced to uh, Gary Oldman as the doctor, um, we see one of his patients learning how to try and play a guitar with yeah, his, he's a w- double amputee of his hands, so he's trying to learn how to play again. And the idea of emotion is a big factor here in that he, they're like oh, you have to block out the emotion because it's going to interfere with the receptors and you won't be able to play and he's like I can't play with that emotion yeah uh, so there's that what's the fine balance of that and that's a, a underlying theme of the movie is 
as, is emotion and what that yeah. does in the human experience, both good and bad. Yeah. Uh, because it affects your judgment, but it also allows you to not just be a robot and not be without any kind of real emotion, like anything driving you. Like there's a certain emotion, emotional drive that is necessary to prevent you from just being a soulless robot. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, and so going back to Alex Murphy, so he's been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, Omnicorp kind of goes to his wife and has to get her consent. Which was kind of weird in this movie. Like they, yeah, they sort of like, it's like how fast did they figure out like, you sort of just end up seeing them at the table and with his wife. Right away. Like, yeah, pretty much right away. It's like, how, how did they fit, find out about this well, like, I guess so fast? They heard about another amputee. Yeah, it was just kind of it was kind of strange that, like... Well, whereas in the original movie, they were setting up cops to to, to get, like, yeah, yeah. fall. And then so Alex Murphy just happened to be the, the right guy when... like, But they were planning for it. Like, they it, were planning. We see where, them, whereas we're, in this case, it just sort of happens and... That's well, it. theoretically, they had already gone through a ton of testing. They hadn't found the right one yet, and they were probably searching for new people every day. I guess. It's a, but so I, they basically they get his wife to consent to to making him. If you think into about a it, he's, he's kind of ideal too because he has no faculties of his own to even make the decision. Because everyone else that we saw that were perspectives, they also were like still like awake. Yeah, they were just like amputees or they had other like was it, problems. He was probably the easiest to manipulate because he already had massive trauma. Yeah, like he was already like they were saying basically it's, it's do this or he dies is yeah. what they were saying. Because like he also like everyone else was kind of they were missing some limbs but that was it but he was also like his vision was gone in one eye uh, he had major like major issues with his brain Yeah, which kind of made it easier for them to kind of hook him into the machine so the, there was a lot of factors which ended up making him the ideal candidate. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, you, you can never really plan for someone's mental state. And then we kind of, I mean, again, a lot of the, at least an hour of the movie is just a lot of setup. It's good setup. It's interesting. But it's just yeah, an oddly paced movie at times. It is a weird pace. It, it sort of bounces back and forth, like, into, into different parts of it. But it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, so then we, we uh, Alex kind of wakes up. They're trying to I introduce the concept to him of what he is now. He briefly is yeah. We first we see him in the, in the dream sequence before they That's turn right. him on, right? And they, they gave a huge time frame compared to the old one, I think. So like I don't remember what the time frame was of when they built him, but there was like a, three months that passed in this. Yeah, while they were building months. him, right? Yeah, there was time passing for sure. Well, they they actually says specifically three months, which I thought was kind of cool that it didn't just happen instantly but obviously they had him like shut down and his brain was obviously shut down yeah absolutely so you see like him in a dream sequence dancing with his wife yeah dancing with his wife and then they activate him like so it's kind of an interesting sequence I liked how they kind of the cinematography there as he's dancing and everything's kind of bleeding out around him yeah and reality starts blending into his his dream which was kind of cool very interesting and then, yeah, then he kind of comes to face to face with the grim where, reality, where he thinks he's in a dream, though. Yeah. So it's a uh, so yeah. Well, and, and then he thinks he's in a suit. Well, he not... thinks he's in the dream. He, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what's going on yet, right? So they uh, they try to calm him down, but then he ends up freaking out and running. But and you uh, find out he's in China. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, they're in a China plant. Got yeah, it. I guess they got a research facility there, so that's where they were building him. And yeah, they were, but they they were also building tons of other like uh, limbs and stuff and whatever yeah. at that point. Well, everything on the corp built. Yeah, they're they're they're. Uh, I guess it's their hardware. Probably department. their main testing facility too, right? Because 
they had a lot of uh, of the basic drones that we'd seen earlier. Yeah, from the, the soldier drones, yeah. And then from there, like, we got to see, the, and this was kind of cool, to, they kind of take apart what Robocop is, and we see what is left of the human. Yeah, which was really kind of creepy, but also kind of interesting to see. Sad, too, because more of his body survived than that, but they just got rid of it. Yeah, well, in the original, too, like, there was a, one of the scenes is, like, there, because he, he, like, cuts in and out from consciousness in the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you see, he sort of gets activated and deactivated a few times, so you get you see these split, like, uh, yeah. shots. There's one scene where they're, like, you know, oh, we were able to save the arm. And uh, the guy's like, no, no, we're going full prosthetic. You know, get rid of it, prep him for surgery. Mm-hmm. And they, they obviously removed his arm and, and instead and put it. But a, here he has a hand. Yeah, it was such a weird decision. I don't understand. Like, so basically, in the, like, we get to see just Alex Murphy and it's his head and his lungs that they've yeah. encased into something. And then a little a, bit of the spinal. Yeah, and he's got his spine and that's, like, that's not much it. of it. No, yeah, it was pretty messed up. Like, it was really creepy looking. And then for some reason, they decided to keep his right hand. Yeah. It, and it didn't seem to be attached to anything. No. Which was really weird. Like, so how does that even work? Like, how... I, yeah, like it, like, it was a strange choice to go with. I, I think they should have just gone with the full... I think at times... The rest it, of the body being prosthetic. I think at times they don't really want us to think about it too heavily. No, I guess not. But it was just a weird choice. I don't understand why they decided to to save the hand. Like it was, so, it was a weird, weird move. It was absolutely or just strange. to try to bring that human element into it again. But I, I think it sort of failed. I agree with that. Like it was a, it was a really dumb choice. I think they should have just gone with the full body being. Yeah, the, like, the rest of him. Like what we saw was the human. Well, if you want to show the arm, okay, give us an arm then. Like yeah, why just the hand? I mean, it's. I, I guess the idea is to kind of show that is not. Especially speaking of like within the realm of the movie, wanting to be about propaganda, from a propaganda point of view, you'd want to have his hand. You want to have that human element kind of poking out. I guess most of these, most of them is encased in metal, or is metal in this case, um, except for obviously his face, and then you have his his hand. Yeah, Everything was, else doesn't appear to be human. It was kind of strange. So they end up strapping the suit back onto them. Yeah, which is kind of cool though, because it's like uh, it comes all in, uh, in pieces, right? The arms, the legs, and, and that's cool. Like just watching that visually, because we know that there's a guy there, and obviously he's probably wearing mocap, and they're getting him out of the scene. Or, yeah, but it's kind of it is definitely a cool sequence to see. Yeah, and it was kind of cool too. They start out with more of a classic RoboCop looking suit, mm-hmm. and when he starts using it, he's more mechanical. Yeah, and they eventually upgrade him to uh, to a more. Uh, Agile suit, more agile suit, and, and he ends up. I mean, obviously he's he's black instead of silver now. Yeah, they changed the color as well to be more tactical. Is what they they went with the word. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Michael Keaton as as. Yeah, he's the, sort of the creator of all these machines. He's right? the CEO. I mean, he's driven by greed, but we're for a lot of the movie he doesn't even seem. And, and uh, this is kind of a spoiler for the end, but uh, he he didn't even seem that corrupt. He he was just. Like he, you know what I mean? He was well, he's like, trying to make his company more successful. But he didn't feel just... like a caricature. He felt more like this guy who, you know, like he was. He wasn't really doing bad things. Even he was just more like, yeah, let's do it this way. Well, to be, I don't know. It's a, I thought he was kind of a little, you know. He's a bit of a dick, but like he wasn't an out and out villain until the very end. No, yeah, I mean, in the original too, they were very much like villain, like the, the but, CEOs. But that's stuff, what I mean. But... Here, I didn't feel like he was like cackling. And like you know, no, but I mean, his actions are a bit like over the top, morally bankrupt. Yeah, that's it. As opposed to evil, 
I guess so. It's good. Except until the end. And then at the end is when he kind of they kind of flip that switch and suddenly he's yeah he he's becomes the bad a villain guy. at the end yeah for sure you know like then it goes a little extreme into like yeah he's definitely a bad guy yes yeah, so, before he wasn't really that bad he was more a product of his system I guess so yeah it was good it, like he played it pretty well I thought it was interesting like, I mean theoretically you could call Samuel L. Jackson a bit of a bad guy here too oh absolutely yeah, he's part of the propaganda machine right like, yeah. so he's just trying to sell. The public on, on, you know, like it almost seemed like he was on the payroll, sort of like it did seem like, like Omni or something. Like, well, especially because there's like a sequence where he has Michael Keaton on a show, yeah, and he has like you know the the hologram of uh, of, a, of the senator who's opposing having robots in yeah, that, in our city in North America North American cities, and he just in the middle of the sentence just kind of flicks the guy away, yeah, and, he shuts him off, and then thanks to the other guy for being there, so it definitely felt like. And the fact that one of them was there in person and one of them was there just in the image yeah. kind of spoke to something. So I, I think he did feel like he was on the payroll, even if he wasn't necessarily. Yeah, it was, I think they sort of lean that way, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we see, we see like uh, them testing the, the machine, right? Originally, we get a test between uh, Murphy and, um, and one of the robots... But it, it seems to be like a virtual reality test, right? Because they're not actually doing anything. They're they're in a room, which is weird when you think about it. Because... Yeah, it is kind of a weird way of doing it. Like, because they later on test him in a real scenario with actual machines, and that makes more sense. Yeah, it seems kind of strange. But they basically, the, it turned out that the uh, the machine was more efficient than the man in the machine. Yeah, and it was because of his thinking that he actually slows down. It takes longer for him to process actions and stuff. And that, that's the human element. And how many seconds was it? It wasn't even that. It was a few seconds behind in, in every... Like, well, I think the, ma- like, the major one was where like there's a child being held hostage and he's like 10 seconds slower than the machine. The machine just takes out the, the yeah. bad guy. But it was a, but he's worried about hurting the, the child. Yeah. So he hesitates to, to, to stop the guy. Which is a, a huge turning point in the movie because you know they realize, well, this is never going to work. Well, how do you, they, like, uh, Michael Keaton's character said, uh, basically says, like, how are we going to sell a, mach- a machine, or a man in a machine that's not as efficient? Yeah, he's like, good, but not great. Yeah, it, we're going to sell an okay product, like. Which, again, so speaks just, to the idea of, of business being king, you know, like, this guy <clears throat> is not concerned about the humanity of, the, of RoboCop. He's no, more he, concerned with product. Yeah, he's, he cares about, you know, what, what, how, how it's going to look and how, it, how it's going to uh, sell. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they did, he tells the doctor said uh, that he's got to fix it, that he's got to do something to to improve it. So this mm-hmm. is where we we end up seeing him. He goes and does brain surgery. Yeah, messes with, with his brain. Yeah, because there's already a few um, ch- chips in there. Like he's already part part of his brain was replaced mm-hmm. with the uh, hardware, which is allowing him to process things faster and like it's yeah having a huge impact on his ability to process information. But he's still not quick enough. So what's it? so he does something to change him, but at that point we don't we don't know. Yeah. And then they bring him into the scenario where they've changed his suit now to the black suit, which is a <clears throat> better machine, more agile. And it turns out that he uh, they actually removed his ability to to think when he's when he's in combat mode mm-hmm. that it's actually the machine taking over yet he thinks he's doing it yeah so he, he thinks he has free will but the machine is running the program basically mm-hmm. we also introduce another character at this point um, played by uh, Jackie Early 
Jockey Earl Haley, who's at Rick Maddox, and he's the kind he's of a soldier. He's the soldier. He's who the guy. we did see earlier in the movie when he yeah. was in Tehran. Exactly. And he was escorting the robots as well as the uh, the film crew. Yeah, so he's the drone controller and automated military tactician expert. Yeah, so, yeah, he's uh, he's there to see if uh, if this guy can actually compete, and he's obviously got a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't seem to like him. No, well, he believes in his machines. Yeah, he believes in the he's robots. He's dealing with all the robots and the drones, and he's like, nothing can beat my drones. You're yeah. not better than them. And so when it comes to testing Robocop. He's actually on the field with him. Yeah, he's he's uh, got the drones protecting him, and he's trying to take shots at uh, at Murphy mm-hmm. to take him down. In some ways, I feel like if this was a typical '80s movie, he would have ended up being a good partner instead of being an antagonist. Like they start off antagonists, and then they become prote- like you know friendly to each other. Oh yeah, well no, yeah, they, they the grudge continues throughout the whole. Movie. Yeah, it, it doesn't go away. They don't suddenly become friends. In yeah. fact, it, it's pretty brutal between them. Yeah. But it, so anyway, it turns out that in this scenario now with the machine taking over, he, it works. Mm-hmm. And he ends up taking out pretty much all the... Well, he takes out every robot there. Yeah, he takes out everyone. And then, so then they bring him back to America and they're ready to kind of launch him as, as RoboCop and yeah. bring him out in front of everyone in Detroit. And I think at this point, he goes to see his family first. Yeah, they, they let him go visit his wife and kid, which was kind of interesting. It's a dead... And yeah, he's still very much like able to think for himself when he's not in a combat mode. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, so yeah, it's kind of a weird experience. I can only imagine that would be messed up. Like, yeah, and then you know, here's this dude who's pretty much like a, a walking robot, right? Mm-hmm. And then we would kind of move forward to him being prepped to be at this big press conference. And this is what we kind of talked about off podcast as being a, a bit of a, a weird storytelling convenience. Is that they pick at this exact moment they're about to unveil him to the world and to the city of Detroit to upload him with the entire database uh, from ever since 2011 for uh, Detroit, so that he can yeah, it's like the, the, the police the police database. So it's a, so there's all sorts of like CTV footage. It's a, the, it's 17 years worth. This is 2028. Oh, is that what it is? That's, yeah, because I, the, I don't think they gave the exact date in the film. Though. No, I don't think it was explicitly made in the, in the film. But so that's seventeen years of data. Yeah, so, it's a bit messed up. I like that was the only thing I thought was kind of strange. Is like, why would they decide now to upload yeah. them with? All like, this it makes complete sense to do it. Yeah, but at, at the same time, not right before you're gonna put him up on the, yeah. in front of the press. So he's he's processing it all, and then in the middle of it, he's he's assimilating all these videos into his memory, and. Then he kind of stops on the one most relevant to him, which is his, his own his own his, uh, attempted murder. His own his own attempted murder, which apparently there's a lot of cameras near his house. <laughs> yeah, another convenience was that yeah, like the obvious, like I guess all the security cameras in this area. Why would there be CCTV you know coverage there? Because he's, well, it's, he was in a nice I can understand he has his own personal like uh, camera system, but, but that's not what why is it uploaded is. to like the police? I guess exactly. in this, this time maybe it was a Big Brother is bigger maybe i mean it's detroit which could be especially in 2028 apparently is very dangerous but at the same time it looked like he was in a nice neighborhood yeah no it was just a weird sort of thing but anyway they had it's one of those things that you just kind of gotta get let go i guess but yeah it was a bit strange and the timing being right before the press conference so he kind of has a he, he has ends up a, having a seizure basically like he can't control 
like it, he the emotion uh, gets too high and yeah. he he starts freaking out and having a seizure. So the only way the doctor can figure out to kind of counteract this is to reduce the dopamine input and yeah. basically reduce his emotional output. And it makes him more like RoboCop of the original, right? Yeah. Was, so it's extremely cold. So when he goes out to, you know, greet the press and be part of everything, he goes up and you know his his, his son and his wife are there, and he has no reaction to them whatsoever. Yeah, he ignores them completely uh, because all he can see is he's scanning for threats. Yeah, he's and just if, trying if to figure threat, out the cases. Yeah, if, he, if you're not a threat, he doesn't care about you. And then he keeps going, and like even the CEO of uh, of Omnicorp goes to shake his hand. He just kind of bypasses it. Yeah. Not even in like a rude way, but more of like a, a not even understanding what that means. Just like a machine would. Yeah, he's a machine, more machine at this point. A machine wouldn't have the protocol to understand what that means. Yeah, and then at the press conference, it turns out there's a, a murderer there that's uh, still at large that he singles out of the crowd because he's just scanning the crowd. And yeah, to... he just he's scanning the crowd and everyone's kind of looking at him and then he just pronounces this guy's name jumps forward and shoots this guy. Yeah, with a... With a it's a taser. With a taser, yeah. He's got, like, his... It seems like they, they turned his his classic gun that, that was his sidearm in the old days into, like, a, a taser in this one. But it didn't seem like it was always a taser. It was a little inconsistent because he was firing Well, he had, he had two weapons, like, in this That's one, true. right? Because he had a secondary, uh, like, full-on, like, automatic weapon. That's true. But, like, the smaller weapon, like, the sidearm that we're all sort of familiar with from the old the old movies uh, is, mm-hmm. is the taser. Yeah, that's right. Or shoots, like, uh, electrical bullets. So mm. it tases people. Pretty crazy. Yeah, so it's a, so it, now because of this incident, people are confident in his ability to to police. And they're they're happy with him. And there's sort of, a, I guess there's a bit of time that passes, too. That's yeah, the other thing. Like, in certain parts of the movie, they don't really give right. you a clear, like... You know, obviously time has passed, but they don't tell you. Exactly not a, not a lot of time because yeah, it's it, not a huge. It feels chunk, like it's but, been a few days. But I think they they sort of mentioned that they're like he was on the street for like a month or something or more. So, had, uh, but obviously he's done he's done good work out there because he's arrested. I don't know how many people and like crimes down by eighty percent or something. Yeah. You say and but so you know, too, people are happy with RoboCop. But like people are noticing that he's different. Like his partner is back at work, and like. Before they unveiled him and everything, like they had a bit of a, a moment. Yeah, together. that's right. Yeah. So he definitely knows that he's kind of still himself, and now he's not. Yeah. Because they've you know messed with his mind. He's not emotion emotionally responsive anymore, and you know this is very concerning. And also, his wife is like very upset. She's been kept at arm's length because of Omnicorp. She hasn't seen him. Yeah, they 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 make him they make sure that she doesn't have access to him. Because uh, they're worried, obviously, that he's not—he's he, not going to react, right? Because he's—they've—they've—they uh, basically made him more machine at this point. And then finally, when she's able to kind of like step in front of his little motorcycle and stop him and say, like, "You have to go see your son," that's when he finally starts to have a bit of a break, and then yeah. his own his emotional responses start returning as his dopamine gets, goes up, which isn't really given a reason for. It's just something kind of clicks. Well, this is where he starts uh, investigating his own murder. Right around here, right? Yeah. just after this. Yeah, because like, he starts uh, trying to figure out. Because he goes off route and goes to his own home, and then he is again accessing the feeds, thinking about what happened to him, yeah. and this is what's kind of making him become more of himself again because he wants to find out who attempted to kill him and yeah. be able to find a way to pin it on the, the guy who knows was responsible for it, who was this gun runner. Yeah. Um, 
and and then from there everything moves pretty quickly actually yeah it does move pretty fast after that I mean from there yeah like from here we go to him trying to solve the murder sorry solve the attempted murder him starting to figure things out um, he goes right after the boss man I mean, yeah he does he goes, he like finds, first he, he goes after their... an informant that he met before then he goes after the main boss the main boss is ready for him yeah because we've we, we we know that he's two cops in his payroll, but it seems like there's something else going on because he seems to always be tipped off as to what's going on. So he's got a lot of guys with guns ready to take on Robocop. Um, and when Robocop does finally arrive, like there's a lot of heavy firepower. Yeah, they, they, it, was a, it was a big shoot 'em up action sequence. Which is pretty cool. Done in the dark. So there's a little bit of night vision going on. Mm hmm. Uh, it was kind of neat. It was a absolutely, and then from there he's able to assess the crime scene, lift prints. He's able to, yeah, he's figure out, figure out who the cops are, who the dirty cops are. So he goes to take them on. Yeah, and he ends up in a quite a interesting. Like he shoots what one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he shot him and killed him, or if it was just. Uh, it was a, they sort of imply that he killed him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he finds the two dirty cops, and then he, it turns out that the uh, the chief of police was in on it as well which he didn't know until and he almost kills her yeah he almost kills her but they shut him down first This the Maddox guy he shuts him down yeah because that we should actually say at some point I forget the exact moment but the doctors basically removed from the process that's right yeah he's they've yeah they, they've got him working the way they want him and they don't so, want to mess with it yeah so they just keep going with it and also because um, the doctor's obviously concerned because he messed with the guy yeah know? he's more he's more the eth- ethical uh like he thinks that Anchor. they he doesn't they, want him to just be a mindless machine. Yeah, like. he thinks they should fix it and try and, and work with him and fix him. But after what happened, you know, at the initial press conference, they can't take him off the street. They need to put him on the street, or in order to keep people's confidence. Yeah, and they want to keep they want more to be built in the future, right? Yeah. So once you know uh, they've they've shut down Robocop, now everyone's kind of concerned. Like, what? Where is Robocop? Is he all right? So they kind of make up. A health issue. Yeah, that's right. They they claim that he had a stroke and that he's you know that they're working on you know trying and, to. And everything's pretty fast and furious from there, because basically they're gonna like shut everything down. They have to get rid of him. Well, they decide yeah because now that he's he's able to figure out what's it uh, this crime what's it next thing you know that he's gonna start investigating politicians and what if he starts investigating Omnicorp? They're worried that he's gonna start finding out too many things and absolutely. And they decide that yeah, they're good. it's better to you know get, make a, a cover story that he's dead, yeah, and and carry on with. Now like, at first the doctor kind of comes back and has promised a lot of things in terms of like research and labs, but he figures out that things aren't quite what they seem. Well, he makes them think that he agrees with them, yeah, and uh, that's it. But then yeah, he realizes that shit's not uh, up to snuff. No, and then he has to try and save like Alex's life, basically. Yeah. So he has his assistant basically barricade inside of a of a lab until he's able to get there. Yeah, where where Robocop is asleep, they, yeah. they've shut him down. And they basically. have to activate him so that Robocop can then protect them. And, yeah, and then kind of team up to be able to take on Omnicorp. And at this point, like everything's again fast and furious at this point because you have the. Um, the act, the the legislative act that's banning uh, robots in in the in the streets of, of the U.S. is being repealed, or is in the process of being repealed, right? Because now public opinion has swung the other way as a result of Robocop, uh, his presence, and what it what it has meant, which is kind of weird because 
people see the man and the machine, but then they're like, okay, well, I guess robots are okay. Well, doesn't that kind of not make any sense? It make, wouldn't it make sense for them to want more Robocops? I guess, but yeah, it's it's sort of a weird... Although it's never implied, or it's never ex- express, explicitly said that, that that isn't the plan. I mean, yeah, no, they don't plan. really get into that that closely, but... No. I mean, and so uh, we have Alex Murphy's wife being lied to by the head of Omnicorp that her husband's died. They, she tries to leave the building, and then this is when like, Robocop's on his way to the Omnicorp headquarters, so the head of Omnicorp's like, wait a minute, we need them as leverage. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, there's yeah he breaks into the building. And it's kind of cl- like a little bit of the classic Robocop coming out, because he does... Uh, he does go to Omnicorp and get attacked and yep. beat up pretty bad. Very bad. He loses a hand. Yeah, he loses a, or his a mechanical arm. arm. Oh, yeah, pretty much the whole arm. When that happened, I was, I was very much... It reminded me of, like, at the end of uh, the Wolverine movie from last year where he lost, like, the claws and stuff. I'm like, they gotta do that in every movie. Yeah, but I mean, with Robocop, like, his arms are replaceable. Right? I know. So it's not as... Well, good thing it wasn't the one that had the human hand on it. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, again, <laughs> it was a weird choice. I don't know why they did that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so he ends up, uh, well, the, and his partner's after... Yeah, his partner is, is he knows about what's going on. Yeah, he's figured out what's going on. And I think this. he was contacted by the doctor, was he not? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the doctor so, contacted him. Then a SWAT, a SWAT team he heads yeah, to yeah. Omnicorp to kind of he back goes up, to, yeah, back him up. And then uh, yeah, so Robocop versus some big mechs. Well, the Ed two hundred nines, yeah, which they it was cool that they brought them into this too, right? As they seemed a lot more efficient. Yeah, well, they're not as clunky, and uh, <laughs> it looked like they could actually walk downstairs, unlike the original one. Mm-hmm. And and again, this is like it, it was a pretty cool sequence to see. And then once Robocop is able to kind of take them down, and I actually thought this was a smart plan that um, because of the way those drones were originally set up, or these larger drones, um, there's a point where Robocop is pretty much dead to rights. They're going to get him. And his partner steps in front of him because they can't shoot through a civilian who's not armed. So he makes sure to not have a weapon. His hands are up in the air. And they're like, you know, the, the target is obstructed, but they won't do anything about it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like the the programming is like, how do they like? Are that is that how they're programmed? I guess that's that's well. Again, that's what they the say. Whole point is, right? of the movie is about showing us that. Yeah. That if you're unarmed, they will not see you as a viable threat, and they won't shoot you. But it was kind of weird though, because earlier, like when Robocop is running out of the the Chinese uh, factory. Yeah. The Ed two hundred nines are there too, protecting the factory. At the time, yeah, and at the time, it was a, they 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 see him the property of Army Corps, yeah. so they don't fire at him. But here, they they are. They're well, obviously, they were given explicit orders to attack. Robert I guess Corp. maybe they were, but they didn't really say that outright. Um, it felt pretty obvious though. Like they knew that he was coming. That's why yeah. they had them there in the first place. And plus, you had Maddox involved. Maddox already has an axe to grind. Yeah, and I guess he's the so. one who programs him. So it really isn't a stretch. Um, Maddox again fights Robocop in in the in the building. Yeah, um, this is where the, um, the the wristband comes back into play. Yeah, so he's wearing a wristband, like, so Robocop can't even. Not only can he not target him, but he starts to shut down. Even yeah, because he can't kill him because he's a, a he's a protected target. But then his partner shoots him. Yeah, that's what his partner. And his comes partner in. gets shot again. Again, that luckily, guy luckily though, it's, yeah, it's the second time. It's not fatal. Yeah, it's not fatal. Thank goodness. So that's it. Uh, so they he calls in to get you know picked up, and we build up to the big climax on the roof. 
Um, yeah, because they've gone. Um, what's his name? Uh, the president. I think the president, uh, Michael Keaton, he's up on the roof, waiting for a helicopter to evac. Yeah, so he's waiting and for the helicopter. The helicopter shows up, but then family. sees that Robocop's there and takes off. Yeah, because he points the gun at them. Yeah, they're like, shit, we're getting out of here. Yeah, so on on this rooftop, there's like you know two of uh, the CEOs, kind of flunkies. Not flunkies, but one of them well, is a PR guy. One of them is... Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, like, I guess... I don't, what is that woman's role? I wasn't sure. Was she, like, the legal department? I think she kind of was the legal department. That would make some sense. So it's a... So yeah, the... Her, yeah, she's the head of legal affairs. Yeah, so she's the legal affairs, and then what's it... Uh, and the PR guy. It was the mar- head of marketing. Yeah. And I... He was a Canadian kid from uh, Popular Mechanics, right? Yeah, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he played the. Role. I mean, he definitely felt like he plays kind of the same way in everything he's in. He's a little over the top in this, like. But it worked. He was. He, that's obviously what he was going. It, for, it was but. his character too. Like his character fit to be that guy, the guy who's really just worried about ratings. Yeah. In PR, uh, so they're all on this roof together, and you know, Robocop's threatening the Michael Keaton character, but he can't because he's got the the wristband, and this is where Michael Keaton just goes off the rails. Pulls out a gun. He's threatening everyone in the building except for his own people, obviously. Yeah. So he's threatening Robocop. He's threatening Robocop's family, which I mean, probably not the smartest plan when you know this guy has emotions that are already overriding his systems and yeah. allowing him to do things he shouldn't be able to do. So maybe making him pissed off isn't a good plan. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he ends up shooting Michael. Like Michael Keaton and him have kind of a standoff. Yeah. And end up shooting each other. Yeah, that's right. It was at. So he obviously he he overrides the pro, the, the program. Is uh, he dead? I don't think so. It's a, it didn't seem like it was a fatal shot. Like I mean, it says, I mean, I'm reading Wikipedia, which is never wrong, but it says that he does kill him. Oh, really? Yeah. Which they didn't. They didn't seem to make that explicit though. Like in the film, right? Like it seemed like they got shot, and then they sort of ignore what happened to him. Mm-hmm. They, like. We know that he's no longer there because the end. This is where the film kind of gets weird. Is the end sort of has a weird wrap up? It's a weird wrap up because it felt like kind of a happy ending. Where like it, it looked like Alex basically was going to die, which he can't really die. Well, no, he can. Because he shoot him in the head. Yeah, well, that, that was the whole thing. Was they were saying like and didn't they shoot him in that? I guess where did they shoot him? Well, yeah, I guess he didn't shoot. Him. He was pretty badly beaten up though. Like yeah. his body's all mangled, but again, his body's all, all mechanical pretty much. So yeah, they could just replace that. So, I mean, they basically say that they're going to review the program, but uh, Alex's body is rebuilt in the doctor's laboratory. Well, I, I didn't even think it was rebuilt. I, I just thought it was the, the original body that they had obviously not used. Again, right? according to our impeachable Wikipedia source, it says it was rebuilt. Because he gets the silver body back. It also mentions Omnicorp's parent company, OCP. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, they, they, they decided OCP, I guess, is the bigger company, right? And yeah. And it was the big reveal at the end is that um, the doctor basically confessed, uh, like what was going on. Yeah, he spills the beans to Congress. Committee. Yeah, and as a result, even though the act was repealed, the president vetoes it. That's right. Yeah. And so the last kind of image we see is more of, I guess Samuel Jackson's character being really pissed off about it. And yeah. this felt weird too because his character was so composed throughout the entire film. And, and then he starts say, losing it. Yeah, and saying like the classic kind of Sam Jackson lines yeah, yeah. that are in every Sam Jackson movie. That kind of felt weird. It yeah, felt less weird. like that character, this you know well composed right wing you know crazy conservative, and suddenly became he became Samuel Jackson. 
Yeah, no, it was kind of funny. Like, but yeah, it was a bit weird. I guess it's a. I don't so, know. I guess they just decided to go for that little sort of breakdown to show that he's so pissed off. The breakdown of the film. Now, quick kind of one shots. Well, and then we see Murphy. Oh, sorry, we see Murphy and his family. Yeah, we, at first we see him again in just the actual organic components of him, and yeah. then they they put the the body on him. And I do like the idea that his family never actually sees what, what little is actually left. Well, he says that when they first when they when first, first show him, he's like, up. "I never want to see this again." Yeah, which and is weird though, because he ends up seeing it again. Obviously, well, does he though? Well, I guess they didn't put a mirror. There was in front no mirror of him. there, yeah. so but, it exists, but he doesn't have to see it. Like the idea that he'll be part of this program, he'll do what they want at least at that point, but he just doesn't want to see what's left of him, which makes sense. Like that's traumatic. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. You're nothing. He's nothing like left lungs and you, a head, basically. Lungs, head, and a hand. Yeah, and a little bit of spinal fluid, and that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty weird. It's seriously messed up. But yeah, and they bring his family to him, and then uh, what's it? Then they mention that they don't know what happens to they've ha- what's happened to RoboCop. Yeah, there's rumors. But that they, there's TV. rumors that he's coming back, and they show a quick quick clip of like him, him walking, walking into the police yeah. station. But yeah. said uh, we don't know what happens after that. Do you think they'll make another one? Well, they, they have obviously left it open to the sequel or another TV series. Well, I don't know about a TV series, but it's a, um, I don't know. It's kind of a, it was kind of a weird movie. Like it had a bit of a weird pace to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was better than. I don't know where it would be. go. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the kind of the problem is that it couldn't really be more than maybe a procedural because they kind of did everything already. The idea of you know the fundamental questions at the core of the movie have already kind of been answered. Yeah, like I thought it was kind of interesting, like compared to the original RoboCop um, like I, like the, there's the political side of things which I think was bigger in the original mm-hmm. um, whereas this one I thought did a bit of a better job of trying to like ask the questions about like man versus machine what what makes you know him absolutely human. whereas in the original they didn't explore that as much no I mean again it's tough to do in a, in a two hour piece but they did a fairly good job of it I thought they did an okay job in this it's a um like I said, it wasn't just a shoot 'em up movie, which was kind of nice. It had like some substance to it, so it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah. As, and and to be honest, like I, it came out a month ago, I didn't hear anything about it. Like, well, I remember, yeah, it's been kind of quiet. I feel it. like no one really talked about it. I mean, it looks like domestically it made its money back, which is good. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't. It's not. Like, it hasn't been a huge hit. No. But so, you know what? That happens because I mean, uh, when what was it last year or the year before when Dread came out? And that was supposed to be like a really good version of Judge Dredd. Yeah. And kind of make you forget about uh, Sly Stallone's version. Yet no one never really talked about it. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. Like it was a very kind of quiet buzz. I mean, for the people who saw it, it was apparently it was really good, but it just felt like not enough people saw it. It was very quiet. And considering Robocop came out at a time when not a lot was out, except for the fact is a week later the Lego movie came out. Yeah, and Lego movies been killing it ever since, but and that really took over the the you know the the box office and kind of quieted any kind of buzz you might have had about RoboCop. So yeah, I mean obviously like yeah they, there's obviously potential for a second one, but is it needed? I don't know. I mean, well, I was this version needed? Maybe not. It didn't need to happen, but no, but it's a, it it was it was it wasn't bad though. Like it wasn't terrible. It's a uh, you know it was an enjoyable two hours, I guess. Uh, so just quickly going through the cast so Joel uh, Kinnaman was the main character Alex Murphy yeah did a serviceable job I mean it's kind of, it is a tough role because a lot of it he's acting with just his face yeah I know it's it's gotta be like I 
can't be easy doing that like in that suit and all that prosthetic and everything no um, then obviously we had Gary Oldman was Dr. Dennett Norton yeah so he was the main doctor who was kind of assisting Robocop I thought he did a fantastic job yeah he was good in it uh, I really enjoy Gary Oldman I mean he's such a chameleon because at first I didn't even realize it was him yeah he looked like a slightly younger Bruce Davidson uh, who played Senator Robert Kelly in the X-Men movies but uh, I was really sold I mean he was kind of the emotional heartbeat of the, of the film yeah in some ways besides Alex Murphy himself uh, Michael Keaton again I thought he did a great job as uh, Raymond Sellers the CEO of Omnicorp yeah uh, again I don't know where that guy's been Michael Keaton yeah he hasn't done much uh, lately like yeah like uh, I, I can't think of anything he's been done in a long time although apparently he's going to be in Beetlejuice too. oh uh, yeah they're working on it yeah it's in pre-production who knows yeah I'm looking at the list and I think he was in Cars in Toy Story 3 Oh, I guess he did Voices, right? In Toy Story 3, he was Ken. Oh, that's right, yeah. I mean, that's really it. Yeah, no, it's true. You like, haven't seen him on screen for a while. I'm looking at his filmography, and it's been like a lot of nothing. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Um, but it is kind of weird how in the movie, like, you have these bigger actors that, like, you know, even though they're not the title character, they were... And they were just as much a part of the movie, like... Oh, absolutely. I'd say they're just as big, if not bigger. I'd say there's basically four main characters. I mean, yeah, got, it's true. You got the Doctor, you got Robocop himself, you have Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton. Yeah, it's true. They were all quite a big part of the movie. Uh, you know, Abby Cornish played uh, the the wife. I, she was all oh, right, serviceable. I mean, her part wasn't that large. Yeah, no, they didn't. It was a. Uh, it was important, but it wasn't like big. Yeah, they didn't really show her like like that much. Uh, they could have no. given her a little bit more. Oh, absolutely, they could have. And maybe they should have, but... And as we said before, Michael K. Williams, fantastic as his partner. They did try to tackle a lot of issues in one one piece, though, too. Like Which it, is why it felt a little disjointed at times. Yeah, like it almost seems like they had to skip over some stuff to try to fit it all in, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things they're trying to get done. So, I mean, some things, unfortunately, kind of had to go by the, the wayside a little. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but no. Overall, I thought it was, it was pretty good. I mean, one thing I mentioned to, to you off podcast was um, I'm currently watching the recent CBS TV series Intelligence, and that movie has there's certain similarities in terms of um, it's about a guy who has a, a unique mutation which allows uh, the scientists to implant the chip within his brain, which allows him to access the internet and the information grid, basically. Yeah. So his brain is constantly feeding into all these different things and it's kind of interesting that the graphics they show where he's constantly accessing different you know places being able to cross-reference things he's hacking into cameras all the time and I, at times I thought that the graphics we see on that TV series were almost a little bit more advanced than what we're seeing in this show in this, in this movie yeah um, but it was interesting concepts to see repeated in different mediums yeah um, I mean I guess there's a, there was like you know an artistic uh like uh, it's an interpretation, I guess, of what you know. Absolutely, like they have to come up with an interface, and yeah, I mean, it, like at times the technology did seem a little bit like uh, inconsistent, or we didn't really get a sense of what stuff could do, right? No, like it was kind of weird because they had that like simulation, um, like it was almost like a holodeck. Yeah, where they were standing still and like they were almost plugged into the matrix, sort of. Yeah, like the robot and, and Murphy. Yeah, they weren't actually in a physical scenario. And then later on, he, he was in the physical scenario. Yeah. And then his recre- recreation of stuff in his mind was kind of weird. Like, he, when he goes to the crime scene of his house or to re- 
replay like him. Yeah, the simulation he fills up. in the blanks, kind of. Yeah, it's a, yeah, he sort of fills in the blanks, and he sees his, his daughter, or he sees his son, and he sees his wife. Things that you couldn't have seen on camera necessarily. Yeah, you couldn't have seen those things on camera. And then there's also emotional readings, which was you mentioned. Like it was kind of weird. Like he, you know, he's determining that the child was dead. Just by watching a video, but by recreating this thing in his in his head, it was kind of weird. weird. That being said, like that is actually something they've done on Intelligence a few times, where but their way of saying that they, they use all these different cameras to kind of show more or less what's going on, and then the idea that the brain kind of fills, fills in, in the, the gaps, gaps, yeah, that the computer aspect and, and all this information it's gathering can only fill in so much, and then the brain kind of fills in the gaps, kind of like you know if someone mis- uh, takes out a, a few letters of a word, you might just fill in the blanks with your, yeah, it, you don't even realize you're doing it, but you're kind of well, maybe that—that's what they were playing for with here. I guess I don't think it was necessarily clear that that's what they, they were doing. Yeah, because they, they never talk about it. They don't make it explicit. But. They don't talk about how he's able to use all these—the composite of all these different sources—to kind of fill in the blanks or, or build an evidence scene in his mind. That's never discussed. It's not, yeah. They just we sort can of, kind of infer. That and it's he, there, when he goes but, on a rampage too, like arresting people, it's sort of like a montage. It's pretty fast. Like, very fast. You don't really get a sense of how he investigates. No. Exactly, but like that that one scene where he goes to his house to figure out his own murder is sort of the, the extent of the investigating. Yeah. And even that is just all done in visuals, so you don't really understand the process behind it so no. much. But again, there's so much going on in terms of other deeper themes that they're trying to do that yeah. worrying about the mechanics of how it all works is not really their concern yeah it seems like it wasn't it again they've had a hand sitting there by itself <laughs> yeah they could go either way right I mean you could have spent more time kind of investigating and showing how these certain things operate but then you wouldn't have had that focus on the emotional aspects and, and showing man versus machine and the struggle versus what they've tried to implant as kind of the the rules and programs of the computer mind Going up against the emotional, more human mind. Yeah, I guess they did show us a little bit too when they with the organic parts there. Remember when they were cleaning his blood? Like they sort of showed a little oh, yeah. bit of technical stuff. That's true. But I think it would have been nice to have a little bit more of like, you know, how the, he operates it, like mechanically in a way, right? Like just mm-hmm. like how how it works a little bit. Absolutely. I think that would have been kind of neat. Um, but yeah, one one of the things I liked with the uh, the visor was the uh, and the. His input was the uh, like the angles and stuff when he was like fighting yeah. and jumping and he kind of looks like Cyclops, eh? A little bit, yeah, with the straight line He's like, always across got that straight the visor, line. the red line. It was kind of yeah. The red line almost felt like a throwback to like how in, back in the day, like almost like a, a Terminator aspect because Terminator sees everything in red. Well, yeah, and like and the it's also a throwback to the old suit, right? But the old suit yeah. was more of like an indented. Mm-hmm. Uh, like visor at the front but yeah. this was just more of a, the red line just to sort of it was kind of like same. a curved line the, yeah. the whole look of it obviously was a lot sleeker and, and, and more rounded than the original yeah he wasn't as bulky though I thought it was kind of cool there was a throwback to the mm-hmm. the original they mentioned that that was like a combat mode yeah that it was a, uh, like it, it frightened people so they didn't exactly. go, they didn't go with that which was kind of cool yeah there's also a kid friendly mode well they were saying that the silver suit yeah. The kids enjoyed that. Well, and, well, the and they thought it was a little too too much. Yeah. Where I guess yeah, he had like um, signals pop out like the the red and blue lights. Super weird. Which uh, which is kind of funny. I did like his cycle. With the motorcycle, he he zoomed around on. Oh yeah, it was because he didn't have a car. Yeah, he he had the primarily the, just the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again they they use that for like the action sequence a little bit and. 
Which was the, the one thing that was kind of weird was I noticed that it was, it was Toronto when he was driving around on the bike. Yeah, that kind of pulled me out of it for a, for a minute. It said uh, I didn't even notice it. For I had I had no idea they were that the movie was being filmed here until Toronto. you mentioned it. I didn't notice it at all. Oh, I it, it, as soon as he started riding the bike, is like because all those shots are from his visor, like yeah. driving. Mm. Uh, as soon, like when he was whenever he was driving the bike and it was like Toronto and I recognized it right away. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of it kind of threw me off. Well, how many uh, how many human hands would you give this out of ten? Yeah, it's a uh, I don't know. I mean, like it, like I said, it wasn't like the greatest movie of all time or anything. No, it said, uh, but it good. was enjoyable and it, it like exceeded my expectation. And I think a lot of it is. I mean, Kelly said this before about doing movies and doing and watching a movie and then doing a podcast so afterwards is that it kind of changes the way you view the movie as well because we know we're going to talk about it yeah we're looking at it more critically than maybe we would normally I guess it's, a, it's know, kind like, of funny because like even Into Darkness I thought it was going to be a total piece of shit and then <laughs> like plot wise it's uh, you know like it was more solid than I thought than 2009 but then again like that movie I find like the more I watch it the less I like it like, mm. it, like I just find that that it's a I had the inverse reaction to a bunch of movies last year. I mean, we saw uh, Man of Steel, and I i don't think I was a huge fan, but I realized that the more time went on, the more I was thinking about that movie, and the more I wanted to watch it again. Whereas other movies I had enjoyed more, I had less desire to see again, which was weird. It was just more like, it was almost like I was second-guessing myself, and when I watched Man of Steel again, finally, I was like, this is better than I thought it was. Yeah. So, but yeah, this I I think I would give it maybe a six and a half, maybe seven. Yeah, I was gonna go for seven, so maybe a little bit less. Because it, it was good. It was yeah, solid. it's enjoyable. Like I don't know about its rewatchability. Like you sort of get it the first time around. Like that's true. I'm I'm curious actually. I wonder. I wonder what's on the cutting room floor. I wonder what. Yeah, gonna cut that's out. true. An extended cut might make it a little like flush it out a little bit better because there's some jumps in the movie. Like absolutely. That you, you like. There's that time frame. We don't like. Yeah. They Even mentioned some the f- of the scenes, some of the cuts are kind of abrupt. Yeah, like you would expect it to be one shot, but then they they change the shot slightly. But it is a different cut. And yeah, it was a like, we- it was slightly like the editing was kind of weird. Like, yeah, it was a weird pace. Absolutely, it didn't have a. That's it. Like it was a bit strange. But it makes it stand out too because it's not a cookie cutter action movie either. No, which is great because that's like because we both kind of thought that was going to happen. Yeah, until I saw the original trailer, I thought that's exactly what it's going to be. It's just going to be a stupid Transformers mashup, mm-hmm. you know, explosions, RoboCop jumping around, and it had a little bit of that, but it wasn't. Focused but that on wasn't it. the focus at all. Like yeah. they tried to focus on the themes, which was cool. Like, and again, like you said, they didn't even worry as much about the technical side of things. No, where they were focusing more on the themes, like in the, yeah. of the human element. And, I do like um, whenever it's a sci-fi movie, and I'll. The one I always I always think of is I remember lis- uh, listening to uh, I think it was Spielberg talk about Minority Report. Okay, and he said a big thing when he was developing that movie was that he didn't want to get caught up in explaining the you know the the technology of the time period he's dealing with. He just kind of wanted to jump into it and just kind of lay it out there for you. This is the tech we're dealing with. Like not explain right. it, just show it, but not meander on it and just kind of have people using it. And that's kind of how I felt here is that they didn't really have the need to explain it. We kind of get it. It's futuristic, but not too futuristic. It's just a natural extension of what we're kind of leaning towards anyway. I guess, yeah. But in in one sense, I would have liked to have sort of seen him, like his his abilities to a little yeah. bit more of a degree, like 
to sort of lay down like what are the rules here like, true because it sort of felt inconsistent a little bit even the rules of robotics I mean like is he governed by them like at what like how are the robots really governed well yeah because like, in the original Robocop like in the second one what's it uh, they totally wipe out his like like ability to think right? yeah which is sort of what they went with here and but it kind of took it was, away his... they, they did it with the dopamine levels versus yeah. there it was more of a programming thing yeah and I remember he, he like he becomes. But they were essentially, I mean, the do- affecting the dopamine was their way of programming them without. Yeah. Actually making. They the went with a biological program. reason versus, or in the original, they don't sort of make it more like a, it seems more like a programming mm-hmm. thing. Oh well, yeah, the, we don't. Although earlier in the film, they'd already adjusted his mind. Obviously, like in that scene we saw. Well, yeah, character. and again, so that that was the interesting thing. It was like they were saying that he has. He has no free will in the, when he's in combat mode, really. Yeah. He thinks he's has got free will. He thinks he's... But meanwhile, it's the machine taking over. Yeah. So later on, when he's fighting those people, or when he's fighting the uh, in, in the Omnicorp Tower, mm-hmm. what's it, uh, and he's fighting the Ed 209s, is it him or is it the machine, right? Like, that's a good question. Like that's, that, that's where the sort of inconsistency comes in. Is like, he was... Yeah. Is it his own free will or is it... You're right. It's hard to tell when it's supposed to be the mach- just the machine. When because they made that distinction earlier, but then later on, is it's like, it, did he break that pro- mm. part of the programming? Yeah. And, and he's taken over. Like they sort of, they, they don't really like tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that, that, that's why it would have been kind of neat to have more of a little, like you know, how, how does this work? Like exactly. Like yeah. But again, I guess maybe the the idea is that it's the human mind. So they don't even know exactly how the things are working, right? No. Because he does mention, the doctor does mention at one point, we're very much in unknown territory here. Yeah. Because, like, we don't know how he's going to react. Absolutely. So, That's I mean, cool. I don't know. It's, it was kind of interesting. Okay. But I did like the that this one sort of was more of the, the human versus the machine, mm-hmm. which we didn't get as much in the first, like, no. in the original. Well, it was a different time period, different things they were worried about kind of showing us in terms of the film, so. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Well, I guess that's our episode. Yeah, no, it was good. Now, we think we our next movie episode may or may not be The Muppets. I hope so, because I'm pumped for that. What's the Actually, what's it called? It's called Muppets Most Wanted. Muppets Most Wanted, okay. That's coming out in two weeks? Uh, yeah, two or three weeks. Now. We're recording this on, what, March 7th, so we think it's coming out the... I believe it's 26th or 27th. So. Oh, it's like three weeks then. Yeah. Okay. And then what else we also have coming up? Uh, first week of April, obviously, there's Captain America Winter Soldier. Which also so, looks awesome. So you're gonna be on two new podcasts soon. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. And then May we got Spider Man. Yeah, it's good. Two of the summer of Tibor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm so so on Spider Man. Like really? Yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I don't know why. I'm just not like. I'm, I'm way more excited for Captain. Well, Man. obviously, I mean that. I mean, and the Muppets, but for different reasons. I should hope so. But yeah, they're both gonna be action packed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, well, I, I hope you end up enjoying Spider-Man. I don't know why you're as lukewarm on it, but I'm excited because we're done with the origin. Yeah, that's true. Now we could jump in, and having multiple villains could be good, could be bad. That's but true. If, I mean, any hero can make it work at Spider-Man, because he fights six of them sometimes. Yeah, I know. Well, like, that, that was the thing, is the third one was so bad, and it was because it was so villain-heavy, but let's hope that they, they did a better job with this. I hope so. Cool. Any final thoughts before we... Well, sign, that's, sign that's out a, for the evening. No, it was good. I mean, it's. I thought the movie with Robocop was enjoyable. It's a, like, you know, don't expect it to be like the the greatest movie of all time, but no, I guess not. But it, it's it's definitely enjoyable. It's uh, it's a yeah. lot better than I expected. 
Yeah, much better than I expected. I mean, I guess the question is, what did we expect as well, though, right? Well, like Something, I said, action and, romp yeah. with no real thought behind it. And at least they put put some thought in it. Absolutely. So, it'll right, be well, interesting to see if they make a second one. I don't know if they will. All right. Well, t thank you for joining me for this episode. All right. Uh, please uh, send uh, any emails, questions, anything you want to uh, comicsnetigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. More feedback for me. Yes, more feedback feedback for Tibor. Um, you can also rate and review us on iTunes to help basically uh, give me five stars. <laughs> give Tibor five stars. Make sure in your comment on iTunes you indicate that it's because of Tibor that you're giving us that five stars. And uh, also, if you can let us know uh, if you're outside of Canada, what country you're in, so I can actually see your comment because that's always nice. And then I'll make sure to uh, read it on the show. Uh, thank you again for joining us for episode 150. It's hard to believe. This is uh, the 150th episode, although technically, the episode 102 had an A and B version, so this is actually more or less... Well, you have to go and ruin it. Well, so the one, illusion. 151. Well, but it's more or less 150. Okay, well, it was, two ver- it was two versions of the same show. Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode 150, and uh, hopefully we'll have 150 more. There you go. Oh my God, that sounds like a lot of episodes. We'll get there eventually. All right, well, thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye.